The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Well, it just keeps getting worse, doesn't it? The Oilers lose again, this time 6-2 to the Vancouver Canucks. So the Oilers are 2-8-1 on the season as they continue to suffer through one of their worst starts in franchise history. And the Canucks keep rolling. They're 9-2-1, including 7 0-1 in their last eight games. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Rob, a lot happened in this game, but I, I think we have to go all the way back to the beginning because that really set the tone for the game, had the Oilers playing catch-up. Here's, here's to me, a, a big key in this game. 11 minutes into the game, the Oilers were up one nothing and were out shooting Vancouver 19-2. Mm-hmm. The Canucks then scored three goals in three minutes and 22 seconds and really never looked back. I know the Oilers flirted with challenging them a couple of times, but Vancouver took control of the game against, uh, you know, obviously a team at this point that is, I would say, bereft of confidence. Well, I agree. Uh, it's a team that is snake-bitten offensively. Uh, when you shoot a team 19-2 and got and get the grade-A scoring chances as Edmonton had, the score should have been 3 nothing minimum at that point. And then if the bad break comes that day or he puts the puck in his own net, well, you're still winning 3-1 and you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Instead, uh, Demko stands on his head as we've seen goalie after goalie do against the Oilers as of late. And then when the the opposition mounts a little bit of a push, the Oilers, A, don't get the save, and B, uh, make poor decisions. Uh, so the first goal, it's funny, I texted a couple buddies of mine on the first goal when DeHarnay puts it in the net. And I'm like, I, it, was for, it was bad luck, 100% bad luck, but should DeHarnay have turned and just taken the Canuck player's stick and then let the puck go through uh, they said yes that's what he probably should have done but having said that still horrible luck for the Oilers but okay 1-1 one, one, shots are 19-3 at that point we're still okay and then the Oilers uh, again a, a poor decision on a back check the Oilers had three guys back it was a three on three and two guys go to the same guy and also that suitors by himself in the slot again the Oilers need a save but you, you you're dominating a game and the same thing over and over and over again. These odd man breaks that you give up. And that wasn't even odd man. That was three on three that turns into a grade A scoring chance. And then the last one in the, the first period, the third goal was the Oilers take a penalty. And the Oilers were undisciplined again tonight. Uh, they take a penalty and Bester's in front of the net. He The puck hits him in the belly and pops down. But Ekholm now has got two Vancouver Canucks he's trying to cover. And... Besser, who is uh, having a fantastic resurgence this year. I think he now is up to 10 goals on the season. He puts in his own rebound, and even if Skinner stops that, there's another Canuck standing there with a wide open net. So uh, the 19-2 shot differential to start the game, and, and you're sitting there on the bench, and you're looking up, you're like, how are we losing this game 3-1? The Oilers are running into hot goalies 100%. But tonight they would have needed to score seven goals to win this hockey game. So as much as Demko won this game early, the Oilers just are not doing near enough defensively to be able to win hockey games. Demko finishes with 40 saves tonight. And as Rob was saying, much of his best work was early in the game. And uh, Rob was talking about the Canucks power play goal. The Canucks go three for six on the power play. The Oilers do go one for three. Ekholm scored a power play goal. The uh, power play update for Conlon Motorsports. They'll help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. Uh, I mean, it's almost like where to begin with the problems yep. with the team. The Oilers' penalty kill is now down to 68.9%. Not good enough. And what teams are doing against the Oilers now is they're shooting from distance. And they're putting bodies in front because the Oilers are not doing a very good job of getting into shooting lanes. Uh, Quinn Hughes, every time he got the puck tonight, he just looked to throw it on net. 
and then all right, we're going to have a fight in front of the net. We're going to outnumber them. There's going to be a bounce. There's going to be a tip. There's going to be a rebound, or it's going to go straight in. Uh, the Oilers, to me, their biggest deficiency right now, penalty killing, is not getting into shooting lanes. And uh, instead of the battle being uh, on the boards or at the blue line, the battle's always right in front of their blue paint, and the opposition has the power play. They're usually going to have an odd man advantage there. So the penalty killing has done them no favors this year, and uh, it's just demoralizing. And then it takes away part of your aggressiveness as a hockey club, knowing if we take a penalty, it's probably going to end up in the back of the net. So we, we've talked about as well um, before and after some other games, you know, show a little bit of passion mm-hmm. that, that Kane's been one of the better players because he's been hitting and that, uh, you know, Fogel's not the same type of player as Kane, but he's been playing yeah. like, okay, I'm going to be a bull and try to get mm-hmm. to the net. He did have a goal. We'll, and we'll talk about that when he did have a goal disallowed, but I mean, I don't mind the effort there. He's right on the team's crease. But now the, the passion in the third period, if you want to call it that, uh, I mean, McDavid and Miller, mm-hmm. quite frankly, both got away with cross-checks. McDavid cross-checked Miller in the head. Yep. Uh, Hyman wound up coming in there and getting the penalty. Then McDavid hits Suter after the whistle, gets yep. a roughing penalty. There was a big scrum there. You could tell the Oilers players on the ice were saying we're going to take this as far as it can go. Dreisaitl got a, a penalty for a 10-minute misconduct, and people maybe have seen the video right now. He was, he'd already been penalized, but still was standing outside the penalty box, shaking his finger at the ref. And then with about six and a half minutes left, Woodcroft is thrown out of the game. Uh, I can't find the last time an Oilers coach was thrown out of the game. I both, don't think anything that I've been, I've been doing now, the year, 18 years. Both Rennie and McTavish were fined for comments after the game, and maybe Woody will be tonight. I mean, uh, Cronin was just a, from Anaheim was just ejected last week. Uh, Lalonde and Quinn were ejected in March, so they happen every once in a while. So is, the, is, is that now, are they channeling it in the wrong direction, or do you like seeing them explode a little bit? What do you think? That, that, that wasn't passion. That's frustration. 100% frustration. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, and you understand why. This, this season has gone... Uh, completely backwards to what they are expected. The the problem is when when you take out your frustration on the ice, uh, it's it's the leaders that are doing it. Tonight it was Connor, it was Leon, it was Nurse, and it was your coach. Um, there's other ways to channel. Uh, Evander Kane he channeled it differently with his. He he got into fights. Those are good. He was very physical in his hits. Tonight, Holloway and Fogle were very physical. They they put their passion that way. I just, uh, I don't know if this is the basement, if this is as low as the Oilers can go. Um, we will see, I guess, Thursday night because there's only one step further, and that's a, if they weren't to come out with two points in San Jose. But, yeah, no, that's not the proper way. But it's... I can understand it. I've been in that position where things aren't going your way and you let your emotions get the best of you. But it's, it's, it's not a recipe for success uh, if your best players are sitting in the penalty box. What do you have to say to get kicked out of a game? <laughs> um, nothing that we can say on air. It was, uh, I, I bet you, Jay Woodcroft got his money's worth. Uh, it's, there, to get kicked out of a game as a coach, because I... I I'm not sure if I've ever played on a team where the coach got kicked out. It would have to be uh, A, personal, or B, uh, a barrage of words. Um, cause it, or very, very loud that you're, you're trying to embarrass the referee. I used to, Carrie Fraser was a, we used to do camps in the summer when I was younger in my teens. And Carrie Fraser came out and talked with us. He said, you can say just about anything you want to me as long as you do it in a conversational type tone voice and you and you it's just you and I hearing it you can say just about anything but as soon as you raise your voice raise your arms or in any way incite the crowd and embarrass me well now you're in trouble and i think that's right there they i'm guessing what he said was loud enough that well, Everybody the ref heard was it. Yeah. <laughs> near the bench, but not standing by the and bench. And at that point, the referee said. And, and it's probably an ongoing, like, I would, I'm guessing too, the, the ref probably said, okay, what do you have, heard you? That's mm-hmm. enough. Yep. 
or, or he maybe even said, next time you're out. Yep. You know, because I mean, he, he gave him two and a game misconduct. Yeah. He didn't just give him two. Which is normally what you see. Right. But So there was, yeah, and again, frustration. This, uh, everybody's feeling it. And when you get off to a start like this, any team would be frustrated. When you are picked to be uh, a Stanley Cup-type team, and when you say cup or bust, and you live in a market that lives and dies by you. So now, uh, 24-7 talking about you, all the press, eventually there's a boiling point. I think the Oilers had that boiling point halfway through the third period. Yeah, well, and I've said this before, uh, the standard, I mean, this would be a lousy start for an expansion team, quite frankly. Yep. I mean, they're 2-8-1. and one. The only uh, reason they, it, we're they, not talking about that right now is because of San Jose having such a horrendous start. But now the Oilers... It's well, the second worst in the National I, Hockey I, I'm going to say something here that's going to irritate you and probably irritate some listeners. I fully expect the Oilers to lose to the Sharks on Thursday. I, I, I say the Oilers win by six. Well, that'd be nice. It would be nice. they need something to go right. Yep. I but think I they'll mean, win by I, six. I'm just, uh, one thing I've learned in my life as I've become <laughs> a middle-aged man, it can always get worse. Oh, it can. It can always get worse. Yeah, I've, I, I know that and too. This is, I mean, this is some of the worst Oilers hockey we've covered together. And we did the last three years of the decade of darkness. Yep, you're right. And as I've often referenced, the first year we worked together, they started the season 4-15-2. and two. That's a quarter of the season. I mean, they're on pace to do that again. You're right. and They're actually on a worse, worse pace, pace than uh, that. Well, and and like I understand, and people are going to talk about the goaltending of Demko tonight, but this is, this is game 11 on the season for the Oilers. Seven of the 11 games, the Oilers would have had to score five-plus goals to win. Mm-hmm. And we've also had one where they gave up Eight, they've given up six. They've given up five a couple times. I, this is, and they were supposed to be better defensively. So I think that's yeah. as much as good as Demko was tonight, and he was all world in that first period and kept the Canucks in it. The Oilers still gave up six goals in the hockey game. Yeah. Well, they don't. Well, they. It's both. They don't get saves and they don't defend well enough. And one of the one of Skinner's best saves in this game. Still went in the net because yeah. he made a really good save on a two-on-one, and there's a third guy coming in who shoots it into the open net on a rebound. Well, to me, that I mean, there's you. We always talked about Todd McClellan, who used to say there's certain moments in a game that dictate how that game's going to turn out. And to me, the Oilers get a gift. Demko makes a silly play behind his own net, gives Drysaddle an empty net. It's now a three-two hockey game. The Oilers are within one. Leon's out there again and wins a faceoff. The Oilers won the faceoff in the offensive zone, and the puck goes to the towards the boards, and an Oiler actually forward falls right in front of Evan Bouchard, and Bouchard still decides to pinch. And it was a, a pinch where he didn't even get to the puck when he realized I'm, go- I'm there's no way I can get it. Goes by him to a, a three-on-one. I give credit to Leon Drysaddle on the back check. He got all the way back to the guy in the post and got his stick on that guy's stick. Bouchard back checks, and he stops skating about six feet before the puck bounces out to the third guy. Skinner makes, as you say, Skinner makes a fantastic save on the odd man break, and the rebound comes out, and Bouchard had stopped skating. I've been in the position where I've made bonehead plays in a hockey game. I can tell you, from my experience, and most players will tell you, when you make the bonehead play, you're the guy that's diving in front of a puck. You're the one that's going faster than you've ever skated to make sure that bonehead play doesn't end up in the back of your net. And Bouchard made a poor decision on the pinch and then stopped skating on the back check. So now he doubled down on it. And that 3-2 game where the Oilers are now right there. They're one shot, one power play, one great McDavid play away from tying the game. Now we're chasing and have to come back from two down. And the Oilers so far this season in the third period trailing by those kind of numbers have not been able to do it. Yeah, they're 0-6 when trailing after two. And they've trailed by at least two goals after all those second periods. So, I mean, you're right. This would, and I, I, we're not sitting here saying, oh, if they're down three-two after two, they win. We're just saying it's better than being down. It's better than being down. And I mean, here's the thing: the Oilers. I mean, Vancouver outshot them in that second period. So the Oilers could have been down three-two after two. I mean, they outplayed Vancouver in the first and lost the period. They could have been sitting there saying, hey, okay, you know, we just got outplayed, but we won that period. Maybe mm-hmm. tonight's our night. Maybe we're going to find a way tonight. Yep. And quite frankly, I, 
I would still lean towards that being goalie interference <laughs> on the dry side goal. I know you don't. You don't. Well, I can see why. I can see going both. I can see why they called it that way. And at full speed, you know, the ref is thinking, okay, Demko maybe didn't get out of the way or even stuck his leg out or leaned or something at full speed. At full speed, yeah, I, I, I agree. It could have gone either way. That's where I just keep thinking, that's the break. There's that right there. The Oilers got that, you know, a, a nice play by Holloway. Demko, first of all, should have shot it around the boards. He didn't. He tried picking the forward coming in. He gets knocked down. Yep, could have called the penalty. They decided not to. And all of a sudden, there's that goal. It's that gift. The Oilers weren't beating Demko with shots. Right. So they had to get him out of the net to do it. But the Oilers did not take advantage of that. And after scoring that goal, the Vancouver Canucks were the better team the rest of the period. So that's what's uh, you know demoralizing as an Oilers fan is you get that bounce or you get that break, and what did you do with it? You just you you wilted afterwards. And this was again uh, another poor defensive night for the Edmonton Oilers that uh, after 11 games they've maybe had yeah. one or two well, that and, worked positive. And they, I mean, they beat good goaltending performances last year. Yep. Oh God. I mean, yep. it's it's. So, I mean, you got to remember that, too. It's not just, well, there's a hot goalie, so you lose. Like, there's still ways to win games. That's the NHL, right? Well, that's why you you can't have a goals against average at four where you're forcing your team to score five because some nights you run into very good goaltenders that keep you to two. So now you have to win a game 2-1 or get a game into overtime and win it 3-2. But the Oilers are, are just giving up so many goals against that they're needing to score five. And teams are doing a much better job of limiting the odd man breaks against them, which was the bread and butter for Leon and Connor and his lines mates the last few years. All right, 6-2 the Canucks. Win it. Let's go at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Name one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. It's Jay Woodcroft. I asked uh, about the play on Holloway. Um, and, you know, it, it wasn't uh, not profanity-laced or anything like that. It was a question. Uh, it wasn't well-received when I asked the question. And in the end, i got to be better. I can't take a penalty. Uh, to put our team down, um, but it, I didn't think it crossed the line at all. But it was sometimes the way you send a message or or ask a question, the way it's received might be um, not in the manner you intended to. And in the end, um, you know, I the reason I asked that question, I thought it was similar to the penalty that McDavid. Um, took uh, to go down four and three so I thought it was a fair question he didn't and um, in the end I got to be better I can't ask that question apparently how tough is that when you guys collectively are trying not to show frustration and when something like that yeah, happens well, you, know? you know what I I think frustration would be a profanity laced tirade that's not what that was it was a question it was a it was a fair question and um you know what? It ended up costing us. I can be better. It cost us because, uh, you know, we were at the tail end of a power play there and it cost us the, um, the ability to try and find one on the power play. It didn't cost us a goal against on the, on the penalty, but certainly I can be better in that situation. I asked you this morning about um, defending and keeping the puck out of your net, and the mm-hmm. first thing you said was we, we need to bury some offensively first. Mm-hmm. Is that what the first 11 minutes felt like when you're out shooting them 19-2 to two and you only get one goal at that point? I thought we did a lot of good things. We came out and asserted the way we wanted to play. Um, you know, I think their first goal we shot in our own net, uh, which is never fun. Uh, second goal we can be better on. Um, you know, but I, I like the, the fight in our team. I thought our team um, competed hard. We found a way to make it 3-2. Um, you know, we gave one up on the fourth one that, you know, we didn't love come out of the first shift and in the third period there was a disallowed goal that we thought was was a fair goal uh, you know apparently there was conclusive evidence to overturn it and um you know it didn't go our way after that jay from the time it turned 2-1 yeah your team wasn't the same team as it was before uh are you getting the goaltending you need is your team sagging here because you're not getting that goaltending? well i think uh you've heard me say this a million times um our goaltenders wear the same jerseys as the rest of the team. Is there moments that our goaltenders can be better? Yeah, there are. Is there moments that our team or individual players at different positions can be better? Yeah. Uh, the nature of that position is that um, 
the nature of that position is that you're the last line so if the mistake is made it ends up in the net if you're a forward you make a mistake it's usually away from the net there's other people that can help cover um, it's a stark contrast Demko's holding them in through yep. 19 shots your guys on four shots there's two goals yep that's got to be what's killing you know well you know, we didn't like looking up and, and seeing the, the score, you know, in a period that we felt that way. But sometimes that happens. You can't script perfect hockey games. Sometimes another team's goaltender stands on their head and you give up a few mistakes and ends up in the back of the net, whether that's a goaltender or a player. Um, it's not fun, uh, but we can collectively be better. And if I know that, you know, I understand the nature of your question. The 4-2 goal, um, you guys are in a tight 3-2 hockey game. You're on the road, you fought back, it's 3-2. Yep. Bouchard makes a pinch, and then he doesn't hustle back, and his guy scores, and he doesn't miss a shift. You use the word accountability a lot. Is there enough accountability for that player in that moment? Well, accountability in in how so? Do you mean in he piping him? He a really and, important yeah, goal, yeah. and he didn't miss a shift. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Well, you know, where we're at... I would say, um, you know, we had 60 men, and um, you know, can he be better on that play? Yeah, he can. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dress that one up uh, in any way. In fact, if you, you know, one thing you look at how Drysaitel backchecked, uh, put his head down, he's on the faceoff dot, and he came uh, back with reckless abandon. Um, you know, that's the type of effort that we're looking for in that type of situation. Can ever Evan be better in that? Yeah, he can. But when you're down, when you're down, and your uh, top point-producing D-man is part of helping you get back into a situation, are there times for accountability? Sure, there are. Is there times for um, you know trying to find a way to come back in that game? Yeah, there are too. And so, you learn from your mistakes, and uh, in the end, we can be better on that one. I was in the room, so I, I didn't even see it. I thought we could, what I saw on television, um, you know, I thought we could have handled that play a lot better. You know, I thought they went cross ice at the blue line. You know, it was something we talked about, and we can handle that situation better. Um, in the end, we didn't find our result tonight. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after a 6-2 loss to the Canucks. So he said he didn't use any naughty words when he oh. got tossed, so whatever. Um, so Specs asking him, why didn't you bench Bouchard? Yep. So the the way I interpret this, and we've seen Bouchard for a while now, um, I'm going to say something a little sarcastic here. I hate to do it. <laughs> the way Evan Bouchard plays some nights, he gives both teams an equal chance to win. Well, what you're what you're saying, uh, with a little bit of smirk, is you're saying that he is great with the puck and he struggles without, and that's what we saw. We've seen a lot this year. Like he's, I don't know, I don't think he had a point today, but he's almost a point a game player. Coming into the game, he has ten points in ten games. That's really good for a defenseman. He's on pace for eighty-two points. He's minus six. Yeah, uh, and the that play tonight, it's it's just at such an inopportune time. I mean, there's times where you try to force a play because you're trailing by a lot in the game. It's late. Maybe you can make something happen. But there was a lot of game to go. And there was zero chance he was getting that puck. Zero. And the the risk part of it is if he misses it, now it's an odd man break. And uh, Speck had it right. He, the back check, if watch... Watch dry settle on the back check. He was flying to get back there and be in the right spot. And Bouchard stopped. And his guy walked in and got the rebound. And um, we have talked, you and I, over the last few games about there needing to be more accountability for players, whether it's bad line changes, bad penalties, poor decisions. And it's one thing if it's a one-off. If we saw a couple of games ago, or our last game, where Cody Cece, poor pinch. Cody Cece doesn't make a lot of poor pinches. He's, it's not in his game. He made a poor pinch. That's where you go back. You own it. You say, you know what, that's my fault. Doesn't miss, miss a shift. But when it's a player that does it consistently and is not being held accountable, that's where I can see why Mark Spector asked that question. Is like, okay... I've seen this story before, especially at the time of game that it happened. You just can't have uh, players doing that. I mean, to me, that was the big 
point in this hockey game where now the bench becomes demoralized because here we are, we're down again, two goals. When are we going to get our break? And the break the Vancouver Canucks get was created by a poor decision and then a poor back check. 6-2, the Canucks win it. That's a $200 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They're giving 100 bucks every time the Oilers score. All right, more post-game reaction coming up, and you can get us 780-496-0063. That is the hotline powered by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty pro all the way. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Here comes Besser down the left wing and over the Oiler line to Miller. And a great save made by Skinner on a redirection by JT Miller. All right, that's Stuart Skinner's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310 Glass or visit Crystal Glass. .ca. Uh, Skinner stops 29 out of 35. I saw. I, I stole this off the TV. They posted some stats after the game. Uh, Skinner's save percentage this year: 855, 3.99 goals against average. Campbell's save percentage: 873, 4.50 goals against average. As the Oilers uh, lose again, 6-2 to the Vancouver Canucks. Oilers are 2-8 and 1 on the season. Quite bad. It's quite bad. Uh, as I've said, I'm not worried about Stanley Cup playoffs. What's going to happen in January? Win a game. <laughs> win, well, win a game, and then try to win another one. Well, we can't. You don't actually. Don't even say that. Don't even say try to win no, another win one. Win a game. Win a game. Well, yes, uh, which I said going into the Heritage Classic, and they did. Then they forgot to do. The, you, then, you forgot to say the second part. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah, it just honestly boggles your mind because this is there's nothing's really changed from this team from the beginning of the season when everyone thought this was a Stanley Cup contending team. Uh, their their star players are having off starts to their season. Their defensive structure that was supposed to make them better defensively has blown up completely. Their goaltending that we saw in the preseason, Campbell had turned it around. Skinner's, there's a battle now to be the number one goaltender. Well, there's been no battle as both goaltenders hovering around four goals against per game. It is, I don't know, you could have told me that, said, you know what, Ronnie, I think, 11 games in, they're going to be 2-8-1, and one, and they're going to be the second-worst team in the league, and they're going to be averaging four to five goals against the game. And I I would, I would could not even fathom that. Could not even. Yet here we just wist, witnessed it again, and it's, they... Sorry. No, they just... they. Uh, this is one of the worst defensive stretches I've seen the Oilers have, and I've been here for 18 years. Yeah. It's and, actually hard to believe they've won two games, quite frankly. Well, the thing is, you see glimpses. Like, when they were out shooting the Canucks 19-2, it looked like the Canucks were the Sharks. They couldn't get the puck out of there. And now... The Canucks did not play a great game either. And you and I talked about this. I don't think Talkett will like a lot of things about that. They gave the puck away a lot inside their own blue line. I bet you close to 20 times they had the puck inside their own line and didn't get it out, which gave the Oilers second chances. And that's what's so incredibly frustrating for the Oilers, that that happened and they still gave up six goals. So, uh, yeah, I I do believe that the Oilers are going to win by six or more on Thursday. And then that'll set up hopefully for a game in Seattle on Saturday where they can get a winning road trip and a winning streak. But this tonight, other than the first 11 minutes, was not a good enough effort to win at this level, especially for a team with aspirations that the Oilers have. Uh, the Oilers did celebrate a goal one minute into the third. It was disallowed as Warren Fogle kicked it in. I like that play by Edmonton. Holloway yep. fired the puck. Fogle... Like I said about Gagne a couple of mm-hmm. games ago, he just said, I, I'm going to the net. And if I knock the goalie, something happens, tough break. And he did get a tough break because he was ruled to have kicked the puck over the line. And what, what's, uh, I mean, it, it, you and I, it's funny. They kept showing all these angles and we're like, I don't know. where It, it looks good to us. And then they showed the 
cam or the crossbar angle and you can see his foot pushing it in uh, both of us at the same time said it's going to be no goal the thing that it sucks about it is i bet you that if he doesn't touch it i bet you the puck goes in anyways and well, all and plus there was an Oilers stick coming, coming in, in and too. I think that's what the Oilers were arguing: is that the stick, stick hit his foot that pushed him? But I, yeah, I don't know. I don't. That's it, it's tough. Um, but it, all of a sudden, that's four three. One minute into the third period, maybe the Vancouver's Canucks tighten a little bit. But I, I, I thought Fogle and Holloway were very good in this game. And you talked, told me after the game, both of them had five shots on net in just eleven minutes play. Yep. I mean, to me. Fogle needs more ice time. Holloway needs more ice time. They're doing the right things offensively. Holloway was very physical in this game. Fogle, he's shown more offensive stuff this year than I thought he had. Had another breakaway again today. Like he leads the Eric, excuse me, he leads the Edmonton Oilers in breakaways this year, and I don't think it's even close. Uh, he scored his well. That would have been his fourth goal of the season. But yeah, that would a uh, uh, big another turning point in the game. If that puck finds the back of the net without his foot, uh, it's four three, and the Edmonton Oilers have a chance at a comeback. Instead, that just demoralized the team. I think that was the end of any chance of a comeback, as the Oilers at that point just their will was not there after that non-call. We will have uh, Fogel and Holloway share the fourth star tonight for Jandel Homes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. The three stars picked in the arena, Hughes, Demko and Besser as the Canucks win at 6-2. You'll hear from Matthias Ekholm in a minute here, but first we'll go to Jim. Uh, I think he's in White Court. Jim, go ahead. Hello. Hi, Jim. Hey, guys. I'm just wondering, McDavid obviously looks off. Do you think it's the pressure of the captaincy? Um, you see on the other side, Elias Pedersen, like he's not the captain and he's having a really good season. Is McDavid, do you think is it the captaincy or perhaps maybe it's the COVID vaccine? Something just looks off. With okay. Him. okay. He's been a captain since, what, he's been 16 or 17? He had a pretty good Not year. in the NHL. Pretty good year but. as a captain last year, and that Quinn Hughes is having a pretty good year as a captain for the Vancouver Canucks too. Yeah, no, I don't think uh, he's worn. I mean, they've made the playoffs with him wearing the captaincy, being well, the captain here. He's in won the MVP so. a couple times too with it. Yeah. So okay, uh, we'll go to Rick as well on the certainty hotline. Hi, Rick. Go ahead. Hey, um, how are you tonight? Morning from Grand Prairie here. Thanks. Um, stand of the penalty box, forecheck, backcheck, paycheck. Um, we don't have the depth to play like uh, Vegas Knights. And is McConnor and and Leon hurt? Uh, I don't believe so. I, I I mean they could. I don't I don't think they are. I just think they they like the rest of the team have gone off to a, a slower start. Again, the bar is very high for both Connor and Leon. And that's only because we've seen how great they both are. So I just think they are just part of a Oiler team that has gotten off to a very, very slow start. And uh, this this Oiler team will turn it around when probably they turn it around. 6-2 Vancouver wins it. Let's go back to... Vancouver, here's Oilers defenseman Matthias Ekholm. It's a great shot, great goal, great start. Um, is it hard when teams kind of come back relatively quickly that you don't, you don't even kind of get to enjoy and build off what you guys work so hard to start the game like that? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously yes, but right now it just feels like whatever we do, uh, I, think, I think the last two, three games we've had great starts. Uh, and for some reason, we find ourselves in a deficit going into the intermission. And it's frustrating. It's just, I, I don't know if you can play a better first 15 minutes of that period. I looked at the shot clock after 14 minutes. It's like 18 shots or something. And we're humming. And then it just seems to be a break here, a break there, and a break there. And then it's 1-3. And it's um, not to feel sorry about myself. I'm just saying that's our reality right now. And it's we have to work even harder um, to, re to get rewarded and, and uh, that's just where we're at right now it's it's uh, it's a frustrating part um, I don't think I've ever had a, a worse start to, to a season in my career and it's a test for sure but I know we have the team to to turn it around it's it's uh, 
it's a matter of duplicating those first to that start and then uh, obviously hold it for 60 minutes. But um, yeah, right now it's frustrating. You see some of those moments, especially in the third, Jay gets ejected, Connor Darnell took what looked like frustration type penalties. How much of that is there in this room? Well, if that was in the second period, I probably had a different view on it than I do now. It's five minutes to go in the game or whatever. The game was, I, w I shouldn't say game was over, but it was late in the third. I'm sure they were cognizant about that too. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't see that uh, at all in the room. I just, I thought that this was a frustrating game and, and obviously you, you got to try to keep it to yourself, but sometimes it boils over and better to do it today and where, when the game was kind of over than uh, when it matters more. As you're saying, the start was fine, but it felt like the deflation happened when that first Vancouver goal went in. What can you guys do to keep your foot on the gas? I don't know necessarily if it was the first Vancouver goal or not, but I just thought that we deserved more than going in with the 1-3 deficit. After the first period, I thought we played a pretty good or a really good start in a really good period. and um, It just seems to be that way. I mean, you see at the third, too, we come out humming and we get a goal, get a call back, they get one from obviously it's not review or anything but it's just the way this thing seems to go so we just need to buckle up harder and play harder and, and all these things like it's it's early in the season yet and it's 71 games to go so um lots of hockey to be played we just need to i think right now when the group is uh, working hard but not getting the results it's all about getting that first win getting one um just a, a gutsy effort where you can squeak out a win and, and then go from there and that's where we're at right now and we got an opportunity on Thursday again we can sit and think and, and, and uh, pout about this game as much as we want but the reality is we have another game on Thursday and that's where our focus is at all right, well, that's Matthias Ekholm, who uh, is, is uh, always very well-spoken, yep. win or lose. But uh, unfortunately, it's lose tonight as the Oilers fall 6-2 in Vancouver. Well, it's funny that he echoed what we were talking about, is this Oiler team, they they have this incredible start to the game, and they look up at this the scoreboard, and we're like, how are we down 3-1? Like, we were looking to our left the entire first period mm -hmm. at the Canucks' end, and uh, we were great for 12 minutes. The Canucks were great for three minutes and they have a 3-1 lead and I think that's what we're seeing uh, the, well, the, we're seeing lots of different ways that the Oilers are f coming up short in games there's games where they haven't been good there's games where they played without emotion there's games where they had detail problems penalty problems and tonight they come out with their best effort by far against a team that has been uh, lights out third in the National Hockey League and they go into the first intermission down 3-1 and probably in disbelief, as Ekholm talked about. So uh, this is a frustrated team. We saw it spill out in some of the post-game interviews in games recently. And tonight we saw it spill out in, 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 in near the end of the game with uh, your captain and best player in the world, the second best player in the world, and the coach all taking penalties, as well as Darnell Nurse, your leader on the back end. So uh, there's nothing really you can do except prepare for the next game and hope that's the one that turns things around. Also tonight, Leafs beat the Lightning 6-5 in overtime as we go to the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Panthers beat the Blue Jackets 5-4 in overtime. Boston able to get a 3-2 win in Dallas. Monday Night Football, Chargers over the Jets 27 Six and right here on 630 Chad Canucks 6 Oilers 2 whenever the Oilers score 5 or more in a game we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com that allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village now open for lunch Edmonton South West Edmonton Mall an afternoon celebration for the senses visit jvedmonton.ca Raymond you're on with Robin Reed go ahead Raymond hi Raymond sorry about that all good go ahead yeah uh been a long time listener after the games for you guys uh, love your guys' comments always um but i just had uh, three things uh in regards yeah i agree defensive laps um i don't know about what you guys think if the owners should stop pinching until they get the defensive down pat um, of course, we need a stop from the goalies. What about a goalie coaching change uh, from Dustin Schwartz? And Rob, if there was ever a opening for a defensive coach, would you take the job? <laughs> well, I can tell you 
from if you ask any coach I've ever had, if they said, hey, should Rob be a defensive coach? Every one of them will say, no, not a chance. That was not a strength of mine. Um, and these coaches work way too hard for me. I, I'm getting old right now. I don't think I could work as hard as them. Uh, as far as the pinching, uh, there's, there's, there is a rule saying, you know, and you either take the man or the, the puck if you're going to pinch and B you don't pinch if it's going to create an odd man rush going the other way so on that play tonight where Bouchard pinched and where CC pinched last game the others didn't have a high man so that if you don't get that puck it's an odd man break going the other way and players in the NHL are so good that if they see a defenseman pinching they can find some way to poke that puck by you just get it into an area. They don't have to make a pass. They just have to get it into an area past you, and then someone else picks it up. And tonight, that just a, a poor decision by Evan Bouchard that just is in a long line of ones that we've seen recently by the Oilers defensemen. So I don't think you ever say, don't pinch ever, but you certainly watch video and say, okay, you cannot do this if you're A, not going to get the puck, and B, it's going to turn into a bad break against. And the other one, we've, we've gotten a lot of phone calls about Dustin Schwartz. I, I can tell you this. The goaltenders have big say in who the goaltender coach is, who they're comfortable with. And if they are comfortable with Dustin Schwartz, he will be your goalie coach. Uh, and if they're not, then he won't. Um, I, I don't see that ever. I don't ever see a goaltending coach change if there is one to come mid-season anyways so i I, I don't I mean the others the others problems i don't believe are on dustin swartz the 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 goalie coach there's a lot of problems right now with this team that uh i don't know if you're going to pin it on one guy but yeah, yeah i mean we're at the point though there could be a sacrifice at some point i'm not saying it's going to appease, be dustin to appease the fans to, to appease the fans um i i, I again i i don't I, I, you could criticize whoever you want when you call in. The, the only thing about the, the Dustin, and I said this last game, there has been some good goaltending under Dustin Schwartz, yep. including Stuart Skinner last year. So it wasn't like Dustin was saying, okay, I'm going to get Skinner into the All-Star game as a rookie and I'm going to ruin Jack Campbell. Right? So... <laughs> I get it. This year, they're 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 not getting the saves, and like I said, maybe he'll be a sacrifice if they do decide something. But anyway, um, I don't think you know, he'll be the first coach that gets let go. You know what bothers me? Like I on especially when I do my show Inside Sports, mm-hmm. it's on seven, it's on, it's on seven to eight every weeknight. Show, yep. you know, like I talk about. I'll talk about, like, James Bond movies and Star Wars and horror films, and no one ever calls in and says, Reed, you should direct a movie. But you say a few intelligent things about <laughs> hockey, and people think you should coach the team. Well, I'm like the, the backup quarterback. Yeah, it just, it's always more popular. Always more popular than the one that's playing poorly. So, um, I, I so having help. said that with the Elks, they should have put that guy in earlier. <laughs> True. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm, not, I'm not the guy. If you want a sound defensive play, I'm not the guy to bring in. I can tell you what's going on, but uh, the the coaching staff. The thing is, a lot of the stuff that's going on with the Oilers defensively, like there's Dave Manson, is not telling Evan Bouchard to pinch there. Not now. We did get the, the uh, Mark Spector did make a point. Well, if they are doing it. Is there an accountability right. so that they won't do it anymore? Now that is another another story. They're not. That's. It's not in their game plan to pinch. It's not in their game plan to not take sticks in front of the net, to not push guys out, to not to be tougher in front. They, all the things are being told to these players. It's just not sometimes getting through, and maybe it's not in some players' DNA. And I think that's what you're seeing at, some, at points here is. Certain players, and there's a lot of players that are very, very good offensive players that their DNA tells them to do this when the smart defensive play is that. And I know that because I, I went through that myself. All right, 6-2 Vancouver wins. Here's Oilers captain Connor McDavid. After a good start, maybe just, again, not quite getting what you want. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously frustrating. Um... Yeah, I felt like we did a lot of good things in the first period and find ourselves down and chasing the game here. What did you think happened in the third there with uh, Miller? It's just maybe what, what you felt, you know, maybe you 
with the way with JT Miller and just the stuff that happened then at the other end of the ice. It just maybe frustration boiling over. Uh, for everybody, not just you specifically. Just well, yeah, I thought, uh, you know, I gave him a good shot. He gave me a good shot uh, coming in front of the net and just, uh, you know, just shoved him back. Uh, nothing crazy. And, you know, Himes jumps in. You know, obviously appreciate that. And, and then in the other end, you know, not frustration at all. It just the guy turns into me and I keep going and they call the penalty. So, um that wasn't frustration. I was just trying to play hockey, and um, Kelly obviously saw something that uh, you know he felt like was a penalty, and um, yeah, not frustration. What goes through your mind when Jay gets ejected? Mm, nothing, nothing really. Um, you know, he's a passionate guy, uh, like we all are. And, um, that happens. For you guys, you, you dominated the first 11 minutes. I mean, the shots, I think, were 19-2. to two, And then when they tied it out of nowhere, it just seemed like you guys deflated a bit. How do you prevent that from happening when you've got the game, you know, in control, it seems like? Yeah, like I said, I thought we did a lot of good things in the first period and found ourselves down and chasing a hockey game. Um, yeah. All right, that's Connor McDavid. I was thinking... Like who, I think Bob does. This, does Bobby Cox still have the record for ejections in Major League Baseball? I thought it wasn't Billy Martin, or was it Bobby? Cox? No, Bobby Cox passed him a few oh, years ago. Yes. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, well, Bobby Cox, 162. That is one season's worth of ejections. That's only 161 more <laughs> than Jay Woodcroft. Yeah, baseball. But that's baseball. They they will do it just to get the team fired up or to prove a point with with an ump. Well, then like it, it's more throw, of the culture, right? Yeah, and they'll throw the base and they'll kick dirt on the plate. It's actually quite a funny. I mean, Jay didn't get his money's worth. Like he seriously. And then he just walked off. Like once you're ejected. Well, that was, do you remember a former Edmonton Oilers assistant coach, Jimmy Playfair, where he took off his jacket, took off his shirt, threw all the sticks on the ice, threw some water bottles. He got his money's worth. I don't think Jay got his money's worth in his ejection today. All right. You'll still hear from Stuart Skinner. And uh, if you want to give us a call, if you're still up, 780-496-0063. Oilers lose again, 6-2 to the Canucks. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. That goes off of Holloway and down the ice. They had Lapierre and Burroughs, and those guys are antagonistic type players. And look out. Whoa. Holloway runs into Demko. Loose puck scores! Leon Dreisaitl! So because Leon Dreisaitl scored, Fraser wins set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. He gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card as Dreisaitl does break a seven-game drought. He needed to score five more times, and then the Oilers would have won. It's 6-2 the Canucks taking it tonight. Um... I'll throw one here at you, Rob. Okay. And, and you know, they're, it's, they're, they're human beings, mm-hmm. but they've also chosen a profession where you get black or white results. I remember when the Oilers were still in the decade of darkness, we had a guy call in very angry. I don't know if you remember this, but he was very angry because he'd gone out for dinner and he'd seen Jordan Eberle out for dinner with his family. And he was very mad. And he said, Jordan Eberle should not have any fun. He should sit in his apartment <laughs> and sit about and think about hockey and how bad he is all day long. Um, I vaguely how, remember that, yes. But how hard is it? And again, they're not like they're, they're not five and six, and it's like, oh man, like they're two eight and one. Like they do have a day off tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They'll practice uh, on Wednesday and play on Thursday. How hard is it to get this off your mind or try to feel? Normal, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> as it's this, as it's it, this it's, bad. It's very hard. Uh, a, I mean, the only good thing is they're out of province or out of city, so when they're down in San Jose, they won't have to read about it or listen up to it or watch it on TV because there'll be no hockey coverage for the next couple of days. But this is their livelihood, and this is a proud group, a group that has high expectations, and for them to sit and and think for the next few days about. What's gone wrong? It, it's really hard. It's, 
there's what's the saying? There's there's winning or there's misery. And right now the Oilers, it's a miserable group. I, as we sit here and we have a hard time, you and I, trying to figure out what went wrong or why it went wrong with the Oilers season. Imagine this group that's in the dressing room. I mean, they came two weeks early to camp to prepare to be a Stanley Cup champion. And right now, only the San Jose Sharks are worse than them. So that's what, right now, so it's a, it'll be miserable times. It's one where when you lose, you can't smile on the bus, can't smile on the plane. Uh, the, the chatter is very, very quiet because you just, you can't appear to be having any fun. And it's tough. Come to practice. You want to be in a positive mood when you come to practice, but you're like, your whole mind is on, okay, where were we? And then you start getting things like, uh, what line am I on? How much ice time is it going to get? Because now all of those things come into play because things aren't going right. Changes are happening. And then the final one, this is a team that they still believe in there that they're good enough to win a Stanley Cup. But when a team starts like this, and if it continues... There will be changes, whether it's a coaching staff, whether it's a trade, whether it's a movement with the minors. Something will happen, and nobody wants that to happen. Everyone wants to be part of this going forward because they do believe that something good can happen. And when things go wrong, well, things then change. All right, let's go back to Vancouver one more time. Oilers goaltender Stuart Skinner. Maybe you want to walk us through what you saw, sort of what you felt throughout uh, the evening for your squad? Yeah, I thought the start obviously is something that we wanted to, wanted to do, come out hard, come out strong, uh, and we did that, um, letting a couple goals pretty quick, and it kind of just uh, killed us a bit, and the uh, game moved on, and we ended up losing his it's tough loss. A couple off-the-rush goals again, which seems to have been a theme, just how big of a challenge is that defending that way, and then just having to stop those high dangers? Yeah, um, yeah, I think I can do a lot better to help my team out. Um, I'm the goalie. My job is to stop the puck, and I let in six. So that's not a good recipe to win games. Difficult to go through the first period when I think the shots were 19-2 to two at one point, and then you're trailing coming in here. Yeah, it's just it's it's hard because these guys are working their bag off. Their, uh, you know, they, they did such a good job, uh, especially in the first period. We had, like, 18 shots after, I think, seven minutes. It was pretty... Uh, pretty impressive and Demko obviously did a great job um, but that's the guy who I got to beat out I got to beat out the other goaltender and I didn't didn't do that tonight uh, Demko makes 40 saves 19 of them in the first period as the Canucks win 6-2 again 11 minutes into this game the shots were 19-2 for the Oilers and they were up 1-0 Vancouver then scored three goals in 322 and uh, held the lead from them on out so the Oilers lose again they're 2-8-1 on the season. Very, very bad times here in oil country. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy. He's our studio producer this evening. Our next game broadcast presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers is on Thursday. Oilers at Sharks, 7 o'clock for the face-off show. Game will start at 8.30. I'm having Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a good night.